0: Over the river and through the woods, to my grandfather's house I went. Little did I know, I would find a water goblin that would straight up snatch you right off a bridge. Get you pregnant, rip your baby's head off, throw it on your mom's porch. Today, on Dead to Me, I talk about Vodnik, the water goblin. So a few years ago, my mom and dad and I went to Czech Republic where my grandfather was born and my grandmother's from a village that's literally about hmm, five miles south of grandpa's village. We were cruising out to Rocketnitz, which is the name of the town that grandpa was from, to go visit the home where he was born and grew up before he came on over to the United States. Through the hills where there used to be garnet mines and these You start rolling into foothills where the Czech Republic starts to meet up with Poland and get to grandpa's house. I say it's grandpa's house. I mean, it was grandpa's house. Anyway, we get there. We have a good old time with folks that live there now. Just a really excellent family that have taken us in a couple different times just to hang out and chat, have a good time with them, yap it up, go have a little... Snicky snack at the local pub, and then start heading back to Prague for the night. And on the way back, my mom started noticing these little creatures that were essentially garden gnomes. God, one of the things I love about the Czechs is that they're just so goddamn weird. And so this gnome thing that my mom was sighting perched, not necessarily in gardens, but sort of in the middle of Nowhere it seemed like. So we asked Teresa, our translator, about it. She told us, well, that's Vodnik. He's like a a water goblin. And we're like, what? Tell us more. My mom was like, oh, I've got to get one of those before I go back home, you know, to stick in her garden. He looked totally harmless. He looked like a yard ornament. And then I didn't think much more about it. We couldn't find a um, a Vodnik back in Prague before we left to come back to the US. So that was that. Then I started looking around at this water goblin character, and let me tell you something it is, um, Creep City. Poplar by the pool, the goblin sat at twilight cool. Glow moon glow that my thread may sew. For myself new boots I am sewing on dry land and water going. Glow moon glow that my thread may sew. Thursdays now, tomorrow's Friday. Sew a coat, I'll trim and tidy. Glow moon glow that my thread may sew. A coat of green and boots of red for tomorrow i'll be wed glow moon glow that my thread may sew so seems fine right that's the uh first lines from poem by carl Erben of yield czechoslovakia anyway he wrote the water goblin in what was it let's see I'm consulting my notes oh yes so he wrote it in 1853 um, at the age of 42 and it's a four-part poem that was probably most famously turned into production by Antonin Dvorak and also a subsequent opera that was loosely based on Vodnik the water goblin and so while this first bit of the poem seems innocuous enough. Woo Nellie! Hang on because it is um, fixing to get dark. So Vodnik is sitting on on a poplar. It's a poplar tree by a lake of course and he's hanging out singing to the moon like you do and he's sewing his green coat and he is sewing on his some little adornments on his little red boots. And he's doing this because he is getting married. That's scene one. So you got scene one, You got Vodnik sitting there getting his um, shit together for this wedding. Scene two is a young woman and her mother and the young woman is not in on the wedding scheme. So she has no idea what Vodnik is planning. And her mother says to her that she had um, a really awful dream and that it was one of her being clothed in white and wearing pearls. And this was a sort of premonition. And she warns her daughter not to go to the lake. So despite her mother's warnings, the daughter is drawn to the lake as if possessed and leaves the lake to do her laundry. So, these two things to me, just got to step in here. Being drawn to the lake seems like fine notion, but as a practical check, even if I'm drawn to a lake, I'm going to take my fucking laundry so I can go ahead and get something done. Worthwhile. I mean, I don't know. Might as well. Two for one. Anyway, so she hauls ass over to the lake and she reaches over to start washing her clothes and the tiny little sort of bridge thing that she's on collapses and so she is then falling into the water and we see what's coming next and that is Vodnik snaps her up so in part 3 of this poem ask it's a little sketchy because it seems like a prearranged marriage uh without her consent. So Vodnik takes her to his underwater castle and marries her and his groomsman is a black crawfish. The fishes her bridesmaids. Then oh, they have a child of course. Oh, I mean okay they have a, they have a kid and then it's referred to she's referred to in the poem as the abducted bride. And the abducted wife. So I, don't, I don't. I don't know. All right. So this is okay. I can't. I can't analyze it through twenty twenty eyes. So anyway, the abducted wife gives birth, squirts out this kid, sings a lullaby that really cheeses off Vodnik something fierce tries to calm him down pleads with him to be allowed to go on shore to visit her mother once he says yes that he is going to let her go visit her mother and he said you can go on three conditions do not embrace anybody not a single soul and that she has to leave her baby as a hostage and then that she must return when the church bells ring for evening vespers. So, all right, she's like, fine. (sighs) What's the worst that can happen, right? Uh, I'll leave my little fishy baby with this monster that abducted me. And the reunion of mother and daughter, sad, but full of love. The poem makes sure to note that it's very, very sad. As evening starts to roll in, the mother, her mother, is is so distraught that she keeps her daughter and forbids her to even go when the bells start ringing. And the water goblin becomes angry, of course, because, I mean, why wouldn't he? Mom, why wouldn't he? Because she can't even sing a lullaby to her own baby without him getting mad. So he leaves his water palace and he hauls ass to his mother-in-law's house and starts thumping on the door and yelling at the girl that she must go with him and that he has to have dinner and she's the one that has to make it I mean okay anyway that he has to make yeah, fine fine so the mother steps in at this point and is like look jackass just go fucking there's got to be something in your underwater, uh, lair that you can rustle up, have a few snacks, take some initiative, get the hell out of here, go feed yourself. And he knocks again. And this time it's like, well, maybe he evidently realized maybe he could have a, some Fritos or something. He says to the mother, it's like, well, my, my bed needs to be made. Now, again, I don't know check kid in my life who would ever let their bed go unmade until evening time so this part doesn't ring true everything else totally true but his bed would have been made anyway so he says to the mother fine I'll make myself my Fritos I'll have some Fritos and dip but this bed has got to get made and my old lady has got to come with me right now and again, the mother's like, ah, "You're just gonna get back into the bed anyway in a few minutes to go to sleep, so you don't really need to make it just to get back into it." Can you just leave us the fuck alone, please? The goblin says that their little webbed webbed foot baby is hungry and crying, and the girl's mother is like, "Well, just bring bring the bring the kid here." Clearly, you can't make your own food, you can't make your own goddamn bed, and you certainly can't take care of this child, so just bring this, bring the kid here, we'll take care of it. As you can imagine, Vodnik doesn't take this well. He returns to the lake, and he starts shrieking, and a storm comes from his screams. This storm is so intense that when it finally crescendos, it's one of those that feels like it's going to come through the door. And so there's a loud crash at the end of this gigantic storm and it alarms the mother and daughter so much that they run to look out the door. Like, I don't know, maybe they're checking for storm damage. You know, seeing how much water's in the rain gauge. Who can say? They open the door. Lo and behold, they find a tiny little head without a body and a tiny little body without a head and a giant pool of blood. So what can we take away from this? What is the lesson that the goblin is trying to teach us? Well, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Uh, Don't, don't go near water unless you know how to swim. Because if I know checks, like I think I do, why simply educate your child about water safety when you can strike terror into their very soul? Speaking of terror, I've started collecting ghost stories whether personal ghost stories that someone has experienced themselves, or favorite ghost stories from some of my lovely Twitter pals, because I think that we should bring back the idea of telling ghost stories for Christmas, or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, whatever, the season, let's say. So I'm, I'm collecting these stories. And so far, I have gotten a absolutely terrifying photo from Cindy Boxer, Cindy, what the huh? I have gotten first hand ghost stories from at Bright Side of Life, hey, how you doing? I've also gotten um, another uh, terrifying story from Aliyah, hey. And uh, thank you to Kimberly and Katie at Date with Dateline for tweeting my call for ghost stories. At some point in the next few weeks, as the Yuletide slash JC's big birthday approaches, I'm going to be putting together an episode that not only explains some of the history of why we told ghost stories around Christmas time, and more importantly, why? Why the fuck did we stop? And then I'm also going to share your stories as well, if y'all be so kind. So thanks. And I look forward to hearing your terrifying, terrifying stories. And if you would be so kind, you can follow me on Twitter at the dead to me pod one, or you can just follow me the regular me at Andy Kopsa, A-N-D-Y-K-O-P-S-A. Also, you can join me on Facebook because Facebook is where I post all of my little behind the scenes stuff. So this week you'll be treated to photos of artists' interpretation of Vodnik, perhaps a picture of me eating street meat in Prague, and other, other fun stuff. And you can also let me know what you would like to hear. Dead covers a lot of ground. I mean, really, and it doesn't have to be all bad. And also when you're at the old Apple podcasts or Spotify or wherever you subscribe or listen to your podcast, you can feel free to give me a rating or leave me a nice little, I don't know, comment. And honestly, I'm really, really new at this shit. I am a print journalist. I'm a writer. I'm not a podcaster, um, much like Blaine Flinsey. Anyway, um, so go gently, but I am open to so much, so much feedback and constructive criticism. Constructive criticism. Thanks, everybody.